Amen. It was good singing. Great to hear you singing out the praises of the Lord. We're going to turn to God's Word for our Bible reading. And we're turning to John's Gospel and to the 8th chapter. John's Gospel and the chapter 8. We're moving down the chapter to the verse 31 as we take up our Bible reading. John chapter 8, the verse 31. And let us follow God's word together. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, Ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father, the devil. The lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. We land there at verse 45. May the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. Amen. Turning together to the portion of Scripture that we've read from John's Gospel, it's the chapter 8. John's Gospel and the chapter 8. And I would want to draw your attention to the verse 32. John chapter 8, the verse 32. The Lord says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
And alongside that, you would have verse 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And these verses are speaking to us about the soul set free. And that's what I want us to think about together this morning. The soul set free. Let's just unite together in prayer. Ask the Lord for help in the ministry of his word. Our gracious God and our loving Father, we thank thee for thine own precious and infallible word. And we thank thee, our Father, for the privilege of having it before us. But we would pray, our Father, for the reception of that word. And thou wouldst give us grace, O God, to hide that word within our heart, that we might not sin against thee. And even as we would think today on the subject of the soul set free, we pray that each one of us might know that freedom by experience. Now would be pleased to draw near to each of our hearts. Give us help now from heaven, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, that in everything that would be said, that it would be with that single eye to the glory and praise of the Saviour's great name. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen. The 27th of January, 1945, was the date whenever Auschwitz concentration camp was liberated. The 27th of January has been designated Holocaust Day. In order to remember the awful genocide which took place there, Auschwitz concentration camp, it is estimated that over one million people were put to death. The horrors there took place between 1941 and 1945. And so that's less than 80 years ago. That is still within the lifetime of this current generation. There are still survivors today who were prisoners in Auschwitz concentration camp. A number of years ago, my wife and I visited that site. We were there at Auschwitz. It was a very somber experience to walk through those gates and to be at the very place where so many people had lost their lives. And as you go through the gates, there's a sign above the gate. And the sign there above the gate has become perhaps one of the most recognizable symbols of the Holocaust. The three words there in German, and it reads, Arbeit macht freie. And translated, it means work will make you free. Work will make you free. And that was the sign that greeted the arrival of new prisoners off the trains as they pulled in there to Auschwitz. Work will make you free. That was a saying that was very popular in Germany in the 1930s because of the mass unemployment there. 
And the words were borrowed from the title of a book by a German writer. And those words were then later adopted by the Nazi party as a slogan for their death camps. And they weren't just placed at Auschwitz, they were placed at many other death camps as well. Actually, the early prisoners in Auschwitz were given the responsibility to construct the same. And they had to put the letters together and it was all welded together for the top of the gate. It's suggested that by way of protest and as an act of defiance, they put the letter B upside down. And if you ever see a picture of the gates and of the sign, that's still identifiable. That letter is placed upside down in the sign. On a daily basis, the prisoners would pass through those gates certainly twice a day, once in the morning when they were on their way to work as slave labor, then once in the evening as they made their return. They would have observed the same. In fact, everyone in the camp would have observed the same. Work will make you free. It was possibly put there as a false promise to encourage those prisoners to work in the hope that through their hard work they would be set free. But it was a false promise because the Nazis never intended to set any of them free. Rather, the very opposite. They would send them to their death in the gas chamber. Perhaps the words were just put up by way of scornful mockery. But they never intended to set them free. That saying would have been observed there on that daily basis. The saying was actually stolen just in 2009. And it was recovered in a Polish town just a short time later. It had been cut into three, but they recovered the saying And so the original sign is now in storage, but there's a replica sign that is still on display above the gates. Work will make you free. Whenever you think about those words, there is certainly a parallel drawn between the sign on the gate and the text of Scripture that is before us. The words on the gate say, work will make you free. But if you look at verse 32 of our Bible reading, it says, The truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. Some would even suggest that the uh, words were a a play on this text of Scripture. And the words were adapted even from this text of Scripture. But what a contrast there is. The truth shall make you free. I feel, therefore, it would be timely this morning to consider something of that spiritual freedom that we have in Christ. And we can learn a number of things from this verse of Scripture about the soul and the soul being set free. The first thing that we would observe together is the captivity of the soul. When you read the words of verse 32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, 
it implies there that mankind is in need of freedom. The words of the Savior here would indicate that man needs to be set free because man naturally is not free. Man naturally is in captivity. You see, we're born in sin. and We're shapen in iniquity. The Bible teaches us that we have all transgressed God's holy law. We have broken God's commandments. There's a universal all. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's all mankind. It takes in every one of us, all that are born of Adam. If you look there in verse 34 of our Bible reading, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. You see, in our natural condition, we're we're servants to sin and we're servants to Satan. The proneness of the human heart to sin. We become, as it were, slaves to sin and Satan. We're in bondage to sin and Satan. We're shackled. Therefore, we're in captivity. That's the truth that the Lord was wanting to convey here to his Jewish hearers. But mankind does not like to accept that they're in captivity to anyone, let alone sin and Satan. You see the words in verse 33 where they answered him, We be Abraham's seed. Oh, they could trace their lineage right back to Abraham, and they were of Abraham's seed. And they said, And we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye shall be made free? We were never in bondage to any man, they said proudly. But the history of Scripture would indicate to us very clearly they had been in bondage before. They were in bondage to the Egyptians. And they served there in the brick kilns of Egypt. And they were under their hard taskmasters in Egypt. And they were in bondage to the Babylonians. For they were carried away into captivity to the Babylonians. And yet they're proudly stating here, we were never in bondage to any man. And even as they spoke those words, they were under the control of the Romans. The Lord was speaking about a different kind of captivity and a different kind of freedom. It was that spiritual captivity the captivity of the soul of man, where man is held bound by sin and Satan. And there are various portions of Scripture where that would be highlighted to us. For example, as Paul wrote to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 3, and in the verse 23, and this verse has a before and an after And in Galatians 3 and 23, Paul writes, But before faith came, in other words, before we were saved, before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up onto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. 
So you can see the before and afterwards, but that before there, Paul says with that phrase, you're kept under the law. And the words kept under would be a military term, to keep under guard, to keep in custody and to hold there. To hold there in such a way that the individual is unable to escape. And so there's something of this spiritual confinement, this spiritual imprisonment. The bars of sin, may they're strong, and it's the bars of sin that would hold us. We are kept under the law. In other words, as a consequence of breaking that law, breaking God's commandments, we're in captivity. We're kept under the law. There's another verse of Scripture that would highlight that in 2 Timothy, in the chapter 2 and the verse 26. And as Paul writes to his own son in the faith, he, he, his own son in the faith, he says, And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. And the Apostle Paul, as he speaks to Timothy, he speaks about the snare of the devil. That snare that holds so many souls. He speaks about those taken captive by the devil at his will. In custody to the devil. That confinement, that imprisonment and held bound under the power and tyranny of the devil. In Ephesians, in the chapter 2, and in the verse 2, the Apostle Paul again refers to this. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And there again is that captivity, one who's held in the snare of the devil, one who's taken captive by the devil, and they're walking in the direction that the devil takes them, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Multitudes of souls today, and they're in captivity. Captivity to the devil. And then I want you to think in the second place, not only do we see the captivity of the soul, but our text of Scripture would reveal to us the liberty of the soul. The liberty of the soul. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And there is that liberty. There is that freedom. While we cannot free ourselves, yet there is freedom. The Jewish prisoners that were held in Auschwitz and other concentration camps, they were held powerless to free themselves. But their liberation came. The day is marked. The 27th of January 1945, as the Second World War was drawing to its close, their Soviet troops discovered the Auschwitz concentration camp and they were able to liberate that camp and the prisoners within that camp were set free. There was a day of their liberation, a day of their freedom. And in order to set the sinner free, 
free from that captivity to sin and Satan. Oh, it took infinite wisdom and infinite power. It took the very love of God himself, something that was beyond man's capability. But thank God there was the day whenever man's liberation was purchased there. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And when you compare verse 36, it says, If the Son therefore shall make you free. The mission of the Lord Jesus Christ, his mission and purpose in coming into this world, was to set sinners free. Then Luke's Gospel, the chapter 4, the Savior himself said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. There you have the mission of the Savior, to preach deliverance to the captives. He is the one who is the truth. He is the truth personified. He is the word of God made flesh. He is the one who could say, I am the truth. And he has came to preach liberty and deliverance to the captives. He's the one who was able to set the prisoner free. An illustration of it in Mark chapter 5 with the man of Gadara. Do you remember he was held bound by Satan? In fact, it tells us there was a legion of demons that had possessed him and no man was able to help him. He was beyond the help of man. And one day the Lord came to that region. The Lord was able to cast the legion of demons out. The Lord was able to set him gloriously free. The Lord Jesus Christ came into the world to purchase that liberty and that freedom. And the price that he paid was his own life and his own precious blood. That liberty was purchased by the life and blood of our Lord and Savior. He paid the ransom. He laid down his life to purchase our freedom and our redemption. And for the soul that trusts in him, they're set free. Spiritual freedom. And you think of that freedom. They're freed from the penalty of sin. The punishment that we deserve for violating God's law. The Savior has taken that penalty and that punishment upon himself as he hung upon the tree that he who knew no sin was made sin for us. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And we're freed from the power of sin. Where we were at the behest of the devil... We walked according to the course of this world and according to the prince of the power of the air. And we were held in that snare of sin. We were shackled with the chains of sin. We were taken captive by the devil at his will. Thank God that power has been broken. 
The chains of sin that held us have been smashed and we're no longer under the domination of sin. That power has been broken. Oh, we still wrestle with sin. And we'll still battle with sin in our Christian lives. And the Apostle Paul would speak about that battle in Romans chapter 7. And he would uh, request to be delivered from uh, the body. Where he said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And while we're in this body, we'll always battle with sin. But the Lord has promised there's a power whereby sin shall not have dominion over us and that there is victory over sin and we can be more than conquerors through him that loved us and so we're set free from sin's penalty and from sin's punishment and from sin's power and one day, praise God, from the presence of sin itself will be set free. That's what Paul covers in Romans chapter 8. And when you go down Romans chapter 8 to the verse 21, he says, Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. You mark those words. Delivered from the bondage of corruption. Though while we're here on this earth and while we're in this body, there's a bondage of corruption and we'll always battle with sin. But there's coming a day when we will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. What a glorious liberty it is. What a glorious blessing it is to know through the Lord Jesus Christ, our souls have been set free. The captivity of the soul and the liberty of the soul. But then thirdly, the opportunity for the soul. The words of our text there in John 8 and 32, the Lord said, And ye shall know the truth. And where the truth is made known, there is opportunity for the soul to get right with God, for that soul to be saved, for that soul to be set free. And ye shall know the truth. God's word is truth. The truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel that is preached week after week. The truth of the gospel that you hear every time you attend this house or you tune in online to the services. The truth of the gospel is preached and taught and you know it. You know it. Possibly attended this house for so many years you would be able to, to tell us that truth yourself. Ye shall know the truth, and, and you know that truth. You're not in the dark this morning concerning the truth of God, concerning the way of salvation. And yet, even in knowing that truth, you could remain in your captivity. You could remain in your sins. You could remain in your unsaved state, held bound by the devil. But here is the means. Here's the light of the gospel. Ye shall know the truth. 
And the entrance of God's word into your heart can bring the glorious light and liberty of the gospel of Christ. Do you see the words in verse 36? If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Free indeed. That means free in, in reality. Free by experience. That spiritual freedom that is found in and through the Lord Jesus Christ alone. That freedom by experience personally. Opportunity again presents itself today. Opportunity for your soul to know that freedom. You shall know the truth. All to accept that truth as it is the truth of God, the gospel of Christ, and the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and his finished work and trusting in him. The Son, therefore, shall make you free. You shall be free indeed. All today to know that freedom. 1772, Lord Mansfield was the chief justice of the British Isles. And he made that decision that eliminated slavery from the British Isles. It wasn't eliminated at that stage right throughout the empire, but it would later be abolished throughout the empire and across through the efforts of William Wilberforce and others. And so you could have had at that time in the British Isles it had been eliminated, but you may have had visitors arriving from different parts of the empire and they could arrive from overseas with their slaves. And Lord Mansfield stated, the slave automatically becomes a free man on their arrival in Britain. In other words, as soon as they would set foot upon British soil, they were free. They were free. As soon as they stood upon the British Isles, they were free. And if we were to apply that spiritually, we have learned today of the ground of our spiritual freedom. It's redemption ground. The moment your feet stand upon redemption ground, you're free. You may have been held captive by the devil. You may have been the plaything of the devil. The devil may have had a field day with your soul, but oh, to come today and to take that step onto redemption ground, the ground of Christ's finished work, the work there of Calvary, the ground of truth. And ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. May each one of us today know it by experience, that spiritual freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ.